1: This is the best of OutKick, the coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. A
3: couple of really kind of fascinating stories, I think, at play out there. Um, we're going to play you some audio of Mike Vick, a guy who has certainly had a star-crossed NFL career. He was on FS1 yesterday, and he went on to Speak for Yourself with Jason Whitlock and had a lot of of very interesting things to say about why Colin Kaepernick was not employed. We're also going to talk, by the way, in the third hour with Jason Whitlock about that interview, waking up early on the West Coast to chat with us. So that should go pretty well. But I want to start with what's kind of an intriguing story to me, uh, which is Kirk Cousins. Everything that surrounds his decision with the Washington Redskins is, to me, really illuminating about the current market for quarterbacks in the NFL. And I want to start with a a thesis here that I think most of you listening to me probably will agree with, but some of you might push back on. And that thesis is this. There has never been any position in team sports that matters as much as quarterback in the NFL does right now. And every year, the quarterback position matters more and more. And as a result, there is a great deal of fear and discomfort at the idea that any team might lose a top 12 or 13 caliber quarterback. Now, I believe that Kirk Cousins is one of the top 13-ish quarterbacks. And if you have what I would say is a definite top half quarterback, you never see those guys hit the open market as free agents. And I want to give you a couple of examples. I believe I'm correct in this. The only guys that have won Super Bowls and have been free agents at any point in their career where they were already proven as top quarterbacks. All right, think about that again. That's a that's a little bit of a loaded phrase, but what I'm saying is there has not been any situation where a guy has been a free agent and been a Super Bowl-winning quarterback where he has been healthy ever. Now, there's been guys at the tail end of their careers. Brett Favre, right? 37, 38 years old, whatever Brett Favre was when the Green Bay Packers finally let him go. But he never won another Super Bowl. The only two guys that have, I believe, left and been free agents and signed with new teams and won Super Bowls are Drew Brees with the Saints and Peyton Manning with the Denver Broncos. And what both of those guys had in common was they had severe health issues that many people believed were not going to allow them to continue to play quarterback in the NFL. Notwithstanding that fact, both Breeze, who's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer and may end up holding so many of the NFL quarterbacking records, and Manning, still found an interesting market, but it's not like everybody on earth tried to sign them. In fact, if you want to play what would have happened if, I long have thought that the most intriguing free agent decision that has impacted both the NFL and college football was the Miami Dolphins decision to sign Dante Culpepper over Drew Brees when Nick Saban was the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. I've I've tossed this out as a hypothesis before. I believe if the Miami Dolphins had signed Drew Brees instead of Dante Culpepper, and everybody wants to blame the Miami Dolphins team physician who said that Dante Culpepper's injury was better and more likely to recover, he was more likely to recover from that than Drew Brees was from his shoulder injury, that Nick Saban never goes to Alabama and therefore remains, maybe even now, still the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. Now, if you're listening in Miami, you probably just want to drive your head into the steering wheel over and over again because I think that would have meant that Drew Brees and the Miami Dolphins and Nick Saban would have won multiple Super Bowls. And it changes everything in the NFL, too, because can you imagine if the New England Patriots and Tom Brady had a bona fide legitimate rival in the AFC East. I mean, that changes everything about the, the trajectory of the NFL, changes everything about Brady and Belichick. Remember when Saban and Belichick went head to head, it was Sabin used to be the defensive protege of Bill Belichick. They went two and two head to head in the four games that Nick Saban coached against Bill Belichick when he was the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. If there was an AFC East rival for the Patriots how much different would that make the Belichick-Brady legacy to have to go up against a top coaching candidate and top quarterback in their own division? And how much different would college football look if Nick Saban had never gone to Alabama? i give you an easy thought here for college football. Les Miles would be one of the greatest college football coaches of all time if the Miami Dolphins had signed Drew Brees. He'd have at least two, maybe three national championships at LSU. He's only got one, and his team that was held up by Tyron Matthew, that he had Jarrett Lee and then Jordan Jefferson as quarterbacks, the one that Alabama won in the all-SEC-BCS title game, that team probably goes 14-0, and and most people would consider it to be the greatest college football team of the last 15 or 20 years if they had gone 14-0 and and won that title. Just worth thinking about a little bit. I've circled around with that story because, to me, it's emblematic of the difficulty that exists when it comes to quarterbacks in the NFL. They never, ever reach the open market. Now, I'm sorry for Washington Redskins fans, for everybody out there who is had to deal with everything in the drama that surrounds Dan Snyder, but I got to give credit here to Kirk Cousins, who has played this so masterfully that he, at the end of this season is going to be an unrestricted free agent. And I just said he's a top 12 or 13 quarterback in the NFL. It could be that I'm underrating him. could be that Kirk Cousins is clearly a top 10 guy and that when he had great receivers to throw to and wasn't in a dysfunctional relationship like he was in Washington, that there's no telling how well he would have played. But to me, this is a pretty remarkable story to have an NFL free agent quarterback who's one of the tw- top 12 or 13 in, in the NFL at this position going to the market theoretically as a healthy guy who believes he can win a Super Bowl before his career is over. Again, you think about, say, the NFL compared to the NBA. I think the biggest difference in the NFL-NBA is that players dictate everything in the NBA. And that players at a high level are often free agents and willing to switch teams, whether it's Kevin Durant, LeBron James. We just saw with, uh, with everything that surrounded NBA free agency this past year, Gordon Hayward makes the move. Chris Paul makes the move. I mean, guys who are top echelon players are regularly moving around in the NBA. It almost never happens in the NFL. We have no idea what a top quarterback on an open free agent market would actually get paid. What would Aaron Rodgers make if tomorrow he was a free agent? We have no idea because the only two free agent quarterbacks who have ever won Super Bowls that we have seen are Peyton Manning and Drew Brees. Now, people out there may be saying, what about Kurt Warner? Well, Kurt Warner's a little bit of a different story, right? Kurt Warner came out of nowhere. He's stocking the the grocery aisles in Iowa and playing Arena League football and steps in when Trent Green gets hurt, and then he ends up winning a Super Bowl. But I would say that's more of an undiscovered diamond in the rough. That's not the same thing. It's, it's like when Brady stepped in and took over for Drew Bledsoe and nobody had any idea what was going to happen or how good he was going to be. Honestly, it's a little bit like what happened with Kirk Cousins. When he came in as the fourth-round pick, RG3 was the overall number two pick that the Redskins gave up so much for, and then Cousins ends up being the star. Remember when that was controversial? I don't hear anybody arguing RG3 is better than Kirk Cousins now but that would have been a, uh, a, a really aggressive argument to make just a few years ago. So there really isn't a good test case of what a top free agent quarterback is going to be like on the NFL open market, and how does that complicate the decision-making of a lot of teams that don't have quarterbacks? If you are the Jets, if you are the San Francisco 49ers, if you are the Cleveland Browns, I think this ties in with the Colin Kaepernick situation because I think a lot of teams are out there saying, you know what? We've got two options. We want to suck this year, and we got a pretty good quarterback class coming out in the spring of next year, right? I think there are a lot of teams saying, we believe Sam Darnold's going to come out. He's the overall Heisman Trophy favorite. We think Sam Darnold is the next Andrew Luck. Now, could that be wrong? Certainly. Certainly could be wrong, but I said a couple of years ago, uh, last year, when I was watching Sam Darnold play, I said, my God, this guy is Andrew Luck reincarnate and we'll see whether or not he can play in his redshirt sophomore year in a way that reflects that. But in the Rose Bowl comeback against Penn State, the guy made throws that, frankly, a redshirt freshman quarterback should not be making. He made NFL-caliber throws. And what I loved about him was how stone cold of an assassin he was right after. So to me, the story that blew up yesterday is you may not think Kirk Cousins is great, but we're going to see something that we never see in the NFL compared to the NBA, which is one of the best quarterbacks in the league at the end of this year going on the market as a free agent. How much money does he get? What's he going to be worth? All of those things, to me, are utterly fascinating breakdown. I'll talk with the guys next about who how they think Kirk Cousins ranks as quarterbacks. We're also going to play you some audio. The Colin Kaepernick story will not die. He continues to not be signed. And Mike Vicks had some really interesting comments to make yesterday on Speak for Yourself. We're going to play those for you when we come back out of this break. If you haven't heard them yet, I think you're going to be like, wow, this is kind of fascinating. I'm going to open up the phone lines and let you guys react as well. 877-996-6369. Encourage you, as always, to go download the podcast. Podcast numbers are blowing up. I'm impressed with you guys sharing the show. Yesterday's show was fantastic. It was good to be back. I went to the WWE last night. I'll tell you a little bit about that. may also dive into the story about my family getting kicked off the airplane Delta yesterday. We got to it at the end of the show. Maybe able to get to it a little bit earlier in this show for people who didn't get a chance to weigh in on that. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern,
1: 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
3: Yesterday, Mike Vick went on FS1, and he went on Jason Whitlock's show. And again, we have Whitlock on the show probably, I don't know, what at least once a month. On average, I would say, since we started the show, he's going to be on with us an hour three today. So if you enjoy our conversations, I'd encourage you to uh, to make sure that you download the podcast or maybe find a way to duck out of work around uh, 815 Eastern and listen to that conversation. But he was on Michael Vick was with Jason Whitlock yesterday. They had a conversation about what Colin Kaepernick needed to do. And Vick said some things that many perceived to be controversial. I want you to listen to them. And then let's unpack his commentary.
4: First thing we got to get Colin to do is cut his hair. You know, I mean, (laughs) listen, I'm not up here to try to be politically correct. But, you know, even if he puts cornrows in, I I don't think he should represent himself, you know, in that way in terms of, you know, just the hairstyle. Just go clean cut. You know, why not? You know, you're already dealing with a lot, a lot of controversy surrounding this issue. You know, just try to be presentable.
3: That is uh, a lot of people are going to say, whoa, you know, because you're talking about Colin Kaepernick who has a pretty pronounced Afro and has kept it as an Afro on the sidelines very frequently during the game. I want to bring in the crew and go around the horn and get their opinion on this. You can also weigh in 877-996-6369. I'll start with me and look, I'm not half white and half black like Colin Kaepernick. I'm not an NFL quarterback, but I do think that hair sends an important message in our society today, whether you want to believe it or not. I'll give you an example in my own life. Uh, When I was in high school, I had hair that went all the way down to my shoulders. And uh, my dad was not happy about it, wanted me to get a haircut. I mean, I think that is a common perception of a lot of dads uh, if their sons have long hair. Certainly during the Vietnam War, when you wore your hair long or you wore an afro, you were sending a message about not being a part of mainstream society. I'll give you another example. When I was 22 or 23, I guess, I started to have a beard. And when you're 23, so I'm 38 now, this is about 15 years ago, for those of you who are old enough to remember this, hardly any guys had beards. Like the only people who had beards 15 years ago were 70-year-old college professors wearing tweed jackets and smoking pipes. Nobody had a beard in America. And when I started to practice law, I the first year, I, I People said, man, you know, when you're doing your interviews, you should shave your beard because you're sending a message that's different than what lawyers want to send. You want to be clean cut. You want to have your hair short. You, know, you don't want to do anything in your personal appearance that would be considered controversial when you're trying to get a big law job. That's what I was told. Uh, this is also the same, uh, by the way, advice that politicians get. You look in the United States Senate, for instance. You know, there's, I don't think there's a single bearded Senate member. I don't think we've had a bearded president since back in the 1800s. I believe I'm correct about that. I'll have to go back and look. One of you guys can pull up the list of all the presidents. So your personal appearance in situations like these does matter, I think, especially when you are otherwise controversial. I don't think very many people would say it. I think if a white guy says it about a black guy like Colin Kaepernick, he gets immediately branded a racist, but think what Michael Vick said in that later discussion, he said also, look, I'm just being straight up. This is what I would tell him if we sat down face to face. Obviously, Vick has had not a sterling past all the time either. He served time in Fort Leavenworth for the dogfighting conviction. He came back, redeemed his NFL career, signed two different hundred million dollar contracts, one with the Falcons and I believe the other with the Eagles. And I think now when you watch Michael Vick, and he said this in the interview, and I thought it was, it was really very compelling content to watch. Again, you can go watch that clip on Speak for Yourself in a greater detail. He talked for you know 10 minutes, 15 minutes on the show, and I, I always hate sometimes to pull things out of context. So I thought Vick had a lot of very interesting things to say. But this story has already started to blow up online. I think today it's going to get a lot of attention because there aren't, frankly, that many big sports stories out there. And I want to bring in the crew. Jason Martin, fair or foul in your mind for Michael Vick to go that direction and say the first thing, first bit of advice that he would give Colin Kaepernick is that he needs to cut his hair? I mean, I think it's interesting, but I think any advice coming from Michael Vick is probably something that somebody like Colin Kaepernick should probably heed because Michael Vick understood how public opinion changed um, – after what happened to him and with Kaepernick having so many red flags now in the eyes of so many owners and so many fans of the NFL, anything he could do to mitigate, even if it's aesthetic and means absolutely nothing, wouldn't hurt, quite frankly. I mean, the last thing we heard from Colin Kaepernick was him going after America on July 4th because, of yeah, course, which Colin was,
2: Kaepernick I, <laughs> went after America I was on out July of town 4th. for that,
3: but when you travel to Africa and say that you're not going to celebrate July 4th because America hates you, basically – um, you know, that's not the statement of somebody who's trying to get a job. No, it's, and, it's, it's definitely not. And and I think that with his hair, Colin Kaepernick is trying to send a message. And I don't think you need to send that message through your physical appearance. Um, and, uh, and again, the other thing Michael Vick said, and I don't know if we had this audio, he said the reason Colin Kaepernick was not employed was because he wasn't good enough. And I think that also ties in with the appearance factor. Because, look, if Aaron Rodgers wanted to start to look like a uh you know a, a shaman and he's got like these long flowing locks and they go down to the middle of his back and he looks like Steven Garcia back in the day you could do that because you're the greatest quarterback right now in my opinion in the NFL if Tom Brady suddenly decided that he was never going to shave his beard again like Ryan Fitzpatrick did remember back when Ryan Fitzpatrick had a hell, hell of a long beard like you could do that, uh, Tom Brady could play for the next six years without shaving his his, his, his beard. He could tuck it into his uh, into his into his belt buckle on the uh, on the football field, and nobody would complain. Danny G and Justin out in L A. When you heard these comments that Michael Vick made, your thoughts?
1: I thought they're pretty ridiculous. I mean, your style of hair does not define your character in any way. I've worked with plenty of people who were clean cut. And they were way bigger D-bags than the coworker next to them that had, you know, hair that was kind of crazy or tats. Now, if your company specifically asks all employees to follow a certain dress code, I can understand having to follow that. But otherwise, I don't agree with Mike Vick at all.
3: What about you,
5: Justin? Well, here's my take on it. I think that in, in general, I would, you know, if there's no other factors involved, I would agree with Danny G., but when you're trying to, and and this is what he needs to do, when you're trying to repair your image because it is broken right now, Colin Kaepernick's image, then those are steps that you need to take. It's what Michael Vick did, you know, when, before he got arrested for the dogfighting thing. He was, you know, he was cornrowed. That was something out. And then when when he came back and got back into the league with the with the Eagles, he was all clean cut. And Michael Vick, I mean, I know he he hasn't, you know, fixed his image with a lot of people, but. I think overall he was very successful in turning that around and finding success again in the league. And so that's, I think, all he's saying to Kaepernick. Yeah, but that it was is... by his
1: actions, right? Not because he cut his hair.
5: Right, but he he was only, I, I feel that he was given the chance to prove it with his actions because he took those small steps. It's just, you know, how you're perceived.
3: It's, a, you it's, know, it's an yeah. interesting question because it is a gesture that is completely can be hollow, right? What you look like doesn't define your inner core, right? There is, there's zero doubt of that. But in an era when perception can be reality, if Colin Kaepernick shaved his head, uh, it, what he needs to do is talk, right? I mean, if Colin Kaepernick wants to get employed again, he needs to actually talk to somebody. And I've been making this argument for a long time. I've said he needs to come on this show. Like, go on a show with somebody who completely disagrees with your perspective, as I've been open that I do, And make the case for why your perspective matters. But more importantly, make the case for why football still matters to you. See, football is unique because I don't think you can fake it, right? There are certain situations where if you're a baseball player or you're a NBA player and you sign a multi-year guaranteed contract for years in advance, I think guys can go through the motions for substantial portions of their season. I think they can mail it in. I think they can malinger. I think they can sit out with injuries. I think everybody out there who is listening to this show right now can think of a Major League Baseball player or an NBA guy that you feel very comfortable is not going hard every day as part of their job. And by the way, that's common across all professions. No matter where you are today in all 50 states listening to this job, listening to this show, if you're going in for work, you would immediately, and I said you have to fire somebody at your job because he's not doing his work or she's not doing her work and she's always, like, making things worse. Like, everybody would immediately have a name. And if you don't have a name, it's probably you, right? Somebody that you know in a larger context is not very good at their job. That's common across the board, right? But I think what Michael Vick is getting at here is a larger context. And the hair is, 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 is almost a metaphor for send a message that you care about football. And a lot of people out there, I think today, and and we'll talk a little about this on the flip side. uh, 877-996-6369. I want to hear from you guys. Jason Martin doing the research. Uh, William Howard Taft is the last president with facial hair. He had a mustache in 1909 to 1913. Grover Cleveland, the last one with a beard in his official portrait. Who was the, go go to right now, Wikipedia, Jason Martin. I want to find out, We'll, we'll hit you on the flip side here. Who was the last president to have a beard? Benjamin Reason Harrison. One.
5: Who was it? Benjamin Harrison.
3: Benjamin Harrison. When was he president? 1889
5: to 1893.
3: All right. So everybody out there who's like, oh, Michael Vick saying that Colin Kaepernick needs to needs to get a haircut. The, one of the first things people would tell you if you ran for president was you can't have a beard. And that's a crazy stat to think about. In today's day and age, the last president to have facial hair was William Howard Taft, so shaved the mustache. The last president to have a beard was in 1889. Now, does that mean that bearded presidents or mustached presidents are going to be somehow worse presidents? Of course not. But somehow, voters believe that if you have facial hair, you are less trustworthy. Now, this is just white dudes, right, including and then up through Barack Obama. Every single person who has run for president, nobody has had facial hair In over a hundred years and governed our country. That's totally aesthetic. This is somewhat similar to the advice that Michael Vick is giving Colin Kaepernick. People judge you based on how you look. What your hairstyle says or what your facial hairstyle says gives an idea about you. I'll tell you right now, in Hollywood, people are up late at night, they got jobs in the creative industries. Everybody looks like me now. Every dude has got a beard. Message with a beard is, I got a job that's a little bit different. Now beards have come back 15 years later. When I was going in for my law firm interviews, people said, man, I think you should take your beard off because you want to get hired. You don't want to do anything that rocks the boat in what is otherwise a conservative industry. Remember who's cutting the checks in the NFL? It's not a lot of creative dudes. It's a lot of conservative businessmen. This is a really, I think, intriguing advice that Michael Vick gave yesterday on FS1. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Open phone lines, 877-996-6369. We go to G-Dub in Cincinnati. What's up, G-Dub? And is he not there? I guess he is not there. Who is it? Wait, who did you call for just now? G-Dub in Cincinnati. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got him for you now.
0: Oh, yeah, you can't get out of this, Clay. How you doing, man? Welcome back.
3: I appreciate that. I'm doing well.
0: <laughs> First of all, let me say I, I think it's funny that we're talking about a pair, appearance and presidents. If hair, if your hairstyle and your appearance is 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 indicative of your talent or or, or makes yourself presentable, how do you explain the, the idiot that we have in the White House right now with the Cheeto tan and the dead cockatoo on top of his head? He doesn't so have facial hair. That.
3: He wouldn't have gotten elected president if he had facial hair. We don't care well, about hair. Tell, Clay, don't care about if bad. if Barack pants.
0: Obama ran for president right now against Donald Trump with a full beard, he would beat about 20 to 30 points. Who the hell would we care? That
3: might be, I mean, but you know one reason that might be is because black people would show up and vote for Barack Obama, and they didn't show up and vote for Hillary Clinton.
0: No, actually, I think black and white people would vote for Barack Obama like they did before. See, we forget that Barack Obama actually won the popular vote. Donald Trump didn't. But that's not my point. Uh Michael Vick, he said it himself, and, and first of all, let me say, Dan G., thank you, brother, for standing up. I was hoping somebody was going to stand up to Clay and, and the, the whole right-wing narrative that would be out there about appearance because, uh, quite honestly, Michael said it himself. With all the things that are, that are going on and, and being controversial about Colin Kaepernick, him trying to tell him to cut his hair is basically him telling him himself to kind of tone down your blackness. Because, Clay, I would make the point that uh, having long hair – didn't hurt a Matthews having long hair doesn't hurt didn't hurt Troy Palamalu uh having long hair didn't hurt uh with uh Blaine Gabbert the quarterback that uh Colin Kaepernick replaced so apparently where's Blaine
3: Gabbert employed right now uh
0: he's a quarterback somewhere he's a backup somewhere isn't he, he took off. I don't for, I don't, I don't know if
3: Blaine Gabbert I don't think Blaine yeah, Gabbert's been signed yet yeah. Yeah, but
0: Blaine Gavard, they won't tell Glenn, Blaine Glavard that you can't have your long locks hanging out the back of your helmet because of appearance. I mean, and you had a caller call in and talked about the NBA dress code. The reason why the Clippers sold for billions of dollars wasn't because of an NBA dress code. And if it was really that important, then, may, then maybe, uh, what, Manfred with the with the uh, baseball, they don't have a dress code, and I don't uh, care.
3: Lots of NBA teams, I mean, lots of Major League Baseball teams do have a dress dress code. I think no, the Cincinnati actually, Reds, the they they hold on. I mean, Hold pajamas. on, stop. The Cincinnati Reds and the Chicago Cubs, I think, have still in place. You can't have facial hair on those teams, right? I think that's still no, the case. I know the Reds, the Yankees. Greg Vaughn had facial hair. The, yeah, the Red Yankees and the Reds don't. Up. The Yankees and the Reds don't allow facial hair, and I believe they require you to get your hair cut too. You no, the, Jason the, red, the
0: Reds have facial. The Reds have facial hair now. Clay, I'm in Cincinnati.
3: <laughs> well, they changed that rule. Then they had, had yeah, no like facial a facial hair, hair rule for ago. like four. For not
0: that long ago, like forty years. Yeah, when March. Yeah, when March was you know when March was the ultra right wing conservative uh, owner. But yeah, they changed that rule when Greg Vaughn came to Cincinnati. Because all right, so your son's trying you know, to get through. a job.
3: Your son's trying to get a job, and he's graduating from college. Right. He has right. a big afro, and he says, "I'm going to yeah. go in for this interview with my afro out." You would not tell right. him. I don't think that's a good idea.
0: No, why? It's, it's a hairstyle. This Black people wear afros. That's like saying, Clay, that if your son went to a job interview and he had, like, I don't know, Donald Trump's hair or big hair like Sarah Palin, are you saying that he should cut it down, what, yeah. like yours?
3: Yeah, because, 100%. I would t- because, I would, t- I would tell Clay, my I'm kids, like- look, I would tell my kids if they were graduating <laughs> from college and they had hair that ran down to their shoulders and they were going to interview for a job that was public-facing and corporate-facing, right. get your hair cut. I have a I would
0: pediatrician, tell Clay. He has an afro. He's a great pediatrician. Black man.
3: That's fine. I'm just I mean, saying if you, it in it general, if you see, showed Clay, up. This is
0: the thing. Black black hairstyles, we, we vary. Like I said, white people can have big hair, and I don't think I've ever complained about Randy Johnson having a mullet. It doesn't intimidate me. I, I think the fact that white people are still intimidated by black men having afros in 2017 that's not something that if I'm white, I would even want to admit to tell you the truth.
3: I don't think it's intimidation. or or Are you about to get attacked by a forklift there? I don't think it's intimidation. Let's let, we're going to move on to other calls. I don't think it's intimidation. I don't think it's even racial. I think it's, if you're, like I just said, if my kids were graduating from college today, my kids are young, they're nine, six, and two, go ahead and ring a bell there. But if they were graduating from college and one of them had really long hair, that ran down to his shoulders and he was interviewing for a corporate job, I would say cut your hair. I mean, I don't think that's a controversial opinion. If you were running for president, as I've said before, I don't think people are uh, making decisions that they're not 100% trusting somebody with with a mustache or a beard. But the fact that we haven't selected somebody to run for president with facial hair since 1948 means that people judge based on appearances. And I think that makes sense. Look, we're a tribal people. And what I mean by that is we are, like, historically, we were in tribes. Everybody came out of Africa. We were all in tribes. You talk to evolutionary biologists. One of the first things that people learned in tribes was they used appearance to judge threat factors. And if somebody looked like you, you were less likely to feel threatened by them than if they looked different. Now, it could be wearing different clothing. It could be having wearing your hairstyle different. You felt more comfortable if people looked like you. And if you're trying to get a job and it's a competitive industry, I think you do whatever you can to make your actual statements and your words stand out more than your physical appearance. Now, I've rejected this advice before. When I was trying to get started as a young attorney, I decided to keep my beard. I was like, I don't think this is that controversial. But it was back in like 2002. There weren't very many young people with beards. I remember everybody telling me before I started doing my interviews, you should shave your beard. Cut your hair short, shave your beard if you're a guy, regardless of what your race is. Don't give somebody a reason to question you based on your appearance. Make sure that you're being considered as much as you possibly can be. So I don't think this is a racial issue. I think a lot of people are going to say it's a racial issue. I think if Michael Vick had not been a black guy saying this, I think people would be like, oh my God, can you believe Clay Travis said Colin Kaepernick should cut his hair? I mean, people will be up in arms over it, which I think is lazy right? I mean, address the context of the opinion, not what the person giving the opinion looks like. Let's go to, uh, who do we got in Berkeley that disagrees with me, Uh, Jason Martin? Uh, SOF, apparently. (laughs) All right, SOF. What's up? Uh, What's up, SOF?
6: Hi, how are you?
3: I'm excellent. Oh, I'm
6: quite well, but I'm quite upset with you because this program is an Perfect example of what the police do. they end up shooting black people on the street because they make a judgment decision based on what they see, whether it's long hair, short hair, mustaches, no mustaches, and so forth, and they decide whether or not they're going to kill people before they're going to kill them. So you think police are
3: regularly out there killing people based on what they look like?
6: Let me finish before they allow people to have a have a word to say about what they're doing on the street. They do not allow people to speak. They do not allow. They don't ask for identification. They they disavow anybody's ability to express themselves, First Amendment rights, and they also take away due process.
3: So you second think police are just out there with guns, thing, just like they see somebody with long hair Michael and they're Vick, just like, I'm Michael gonna shoot Vick this is
6: dude. not a person. Michael Vick is not a person whose opinion should be given on someone who is not a criminal who has not done anything violent who has expressed positive uh support for black life and has totally truthfully shown that the police have been using bias racism and white supremacy to deal with the black community rather than dealing with the black community as public taxpayers who are paying them to protect them. The, he is not going for a coaching job. He's a football player. He puts a helmet on and plays with a helmet on his head like all other quarterbacks. His hair is irrelevant to his stats. His stats are solid as a quarterback. The only reason people don't want to deal with him is that he has not had been able to find a coach who has the balls to stand up with him and affirm the right of black people not to be shot every 25 minutes.
3: So you think police are out there killing black people all the time?
6: With his hair, if he was trying to become general manager of a team then yeah, he might need to do something different in terms of his dress, but his hair is fine. His hair is beautiful. It is rich, it is full, it is neat, it is not dirty, it is not straggly. It is a wonderful example of black male power. Let's not play the Samson and Delilah game with with Colin Kaepernick. He should be a quarterback for somebody's team and I think that your show is an excellent example of why Colin Kaepernick took a knee in the first place. Because you think we're racist? You think the on, show?
3: you think I'm I think racist?
6: Functioning, I think you're functioning on a white supremacist concept of what is real in terms of African-American I, life should I take in this my, country. Should
3: I take my KKK hood off or do you think it's better for me to leave it on?
6: You don't have a KKK hood. What you have is the Colbert's my white privilege my white supremacy racism, yeah that's right and you need to take a lesson from tim wise because i think he would help you and a lot of people who think like you do a great deal less harm to the black lives matter movement what do you think do i'm doing that's harming black people and i really really think that you need to rethink your thoughts
3: what do you think colin i'm doing, doing that's harming black, black people
6: colin kaepernick is an excellent well, you're just kind of running through when when you're, wears, i'm asking i'm asking you a question
3: wears, what do you think what do you think i'm doing that's harming black people
6: you are setting up a rerun of the anti-Afro, anti-black power movement that came out of the '60s, which affiliated or associated. How does that tie
3: in? How does that tie in with me saying that I would tell my kids to also cut like their that. hair short? I mean, my kids That's are your white.
6: Children. Your children, You can tell mm-hmm. your. Children so I would have the do. same. So I'm giving. White. They don't. are not getting shot every five minutes. You don't have a seven-year-old. Okay, let's who stop took here. A a let's stop officer. here.
3: All right. Do you know who kills There's black people in this country? Do you know? Stop. Do you know who kills black people in this country? She's still there? Police. Black, black people police. are being killed by police in this country. That's interesting because 93% police. of the people killed in this country by black people, police. do you know who killed them? Black people. Police. How come you don't talk no, about I that? You need
6: to go back to, I think you need to go back and look at your stats. It's oh, I will. Okay, put her on, put her on, put her on pause for a second.
3: Put her on pause for a second. Here's the, here are the stats, all right? This whole call is evidence to me of fake news, right? So, this person calls in. I don't know who it is. Somebody in Berkeley, go figure. Stereotypical left winger that doesn't actually consider about facts and arguing that people are like police are just killing black people like crazy because they have afros. This is not true. All right. These stats are 100% true. All right. I want you to listen to me. This year in America, more people will be killed by bees, wasps, and hornets than the police will kill unarmed people. That's an unbelievable statistic that nobody will talk to you about. I want you to hear that right now, of all races. Secondly, people who get shot by police are majority white. Black people are not getting killed by police at high rates. In fact, if you analyze police shootings relative to violent crime, black people are actually less likely to get shot than white and Hispanic people are. as black people, given the percentage of their population, commit an inordinate percentage of violent crime in this country. Let's use murders. Black people represent 12 or 13% of the overall population of the United States. They represent over half of all murders. Do you know who's killing most black people? Black people. 93% of all black people who are murdered in this country are killed by other black people. So if you're up in arms, if Black Lives Matter truly matter, then you need to get black people to believe it because they're the ones killing other black people. There's another stat, stat for you. I talk about making, we used to do those ads about don't get hit by a train, right? If you are leaving your house this morning to go to work, you are five times as likely to be hit and killed by a train today as you are if you were unarmed to be shot and killed by police. That's a statistic that blows most people's minds. You are just about as likely this year to be struck and killed by lightning as you are if you are unarmed leaving your house today to be killed by a police. So I get so fed up with this argument that nobody pushes back on, that this person, what's her name, PJW or CJW or whatever her name is, pull her back up. Those are all statistics that matter. Now, maybe i just saying that because I'm doing the show this morning in my KKK hood. Sometimes I do it, sometimes I don't. It's a little bit cold here in the studio this morning, so I decided to wear my full KKK outfit. Other days, I just hang it up on the wall because you know I come in every day and I say, what can I do to make black people mad today? And so I'm wearing my KKK outfit. Where is she? Bring back up Berkeley.
6: You're programming your your listeners to think in terms of an Afro as being something that is violent or politically no, incorrect. No, I'm not, I'm not thinking that at all. I'm aesthetic. saying that
3: if, you're you're want that job,
6: show, if you want to get a job, if you want to get a job, you cut your hair. For, uh, no, all you have to do to get a job to play football is put on a helmet and know how to run the plays. Or be good, he does which that. Colin Kaepernick he isn't. If, I just said, Whether did you hear I'm me not- say... That well, if Aaron Rodgers had, had a Fu
3: Manchu that ran all the way down to his waist, he'd be employed. He could wear as long of a beard as he have wants.
6: anything to do with that as long as his stats were fine. What your problem is is that you don't want to have a black man who stands up for a black political issue in a positive, nonviolent way. He took a knee because that was his way of protesting the violence of the police. Against African American people. Do you know who protects more
3: black lives in this country than anybody else? It's the police. If
6: you don't. No, it is not. Yes, it is. No, it is not. That is not true. You do look not at the statistics in Baltimore.
3: You look at the statistics in, in Chicago. Do you know why you the rates of violence have gone you're up? A, because police are pulling out.
6: You're an officer of the court.
3: You yeah, have no
6: idea how that works in terms of what it is from our side, and you refuse to accept the the testimony or the witnessing or the discussion from people who are black who know what the situation is. This is a completely what about different my data? life. What the about my data, the
3: fact that you're not likely to get killed by police?
6: That is not necessarily true. It's and 100% everybody true. Everybody in the black community now is on alert and every time we see a police car, if you think that the police are driving around, you have no idea whether or not that's going to happen or not, because you have no idea which of them are the good guys.
3: When you walk outside, uniforms, do you think, I'm, I hope I don't get killed by, struck by lightning so today or bitten by a bee wasp or wanted? What I'm saying, or, or to, you,
6: a, a what I'm saying to you, Mr. Townsend, what I'm saying to you is that your show is based on the fallacy that the police do the same thing in the street if they see something that they think is dangerous or suspicious. No, but your whole show is based on that on that concept, because what you're fighting against is not the Afro. You're fighting against his ability to stand up and have a political opinion, and then you're castigating him for how he did it. It wasn't okay, a violent so thing.
3: You, think, you, think, I'm a, you think I'm a huge racist because I think Colin Kaepernick head should head. cut his hair. Let me ask you this. Was it really racist of me to vote for Barack Obama to be the president of the United States twice?
6: He's not running for that. He's running for. He's running for. No, but for I think it's interesting if you're going to
3: call in and yeah, say somebody's a, a, white and running, running a white supremacist and they're running a white supremacist organization here. And again, I'm taking off my KKK hood for for this moment. But I voted for Barack Obama in 2008 and 2012, so I thought a black man was capable of running the most important country in the world.
6: Is founded on the basis of a white supremacist argument from a from a so you think, you think, European it, it,
3: construct. It's interesting because I'm glad that you pointed that out because when they came to me and they said what you want to do with your show i said you know what i want to do a white supremacist eurocentric show that makes sure that black people cut their hair and they were like you know what that show's going to kill
6: this came out of your hunting for a hot topic because it's kind of slow right now michael vick unfortunately came out and you think michael vick's racist
3: against black people
6: no i think michael vick is a victim
3: How's the same
6: thing that I'm talking about that 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 this show is operating on. You think, you, you on think right white now? people
3: have co-opted Michael Vick and like taken over his brain and now I, he's got a white think, brain? I don't think How, that. What do you I think's think going that. on there?
6: Once, once he has been, once a person has been taken down in the way that Michael Vick was taken down. I mean, I don't see any of the other people who do uh, cockfighting and dogfighting being sentenced to Leavenworth as he was. There's tons of them all over the country, all over the south, all over the north, everywhere. Nobody has had this kind of maligning and. Uh, so you disrespect. think because Michael
3: Vick went to prison, so white people got in his head and they're like, "Hey, I don't think you need I to don't cut think your hair."
6: Michael Vick has a political position. I think Michael Vick has a job issue. Colin Kaepernick has a political position. He has taken it. He has backed it up with his money by by tried to make. Um, co- um, community uh, support programs for young people. He has done things with his money. Michael, Vick can't put no money out there. For how come?
3: How come Colin Kaepernick hasn't yeah, protested the fact anybody. that ninety-three percent of black people are killed by black people? If he cares about black lives, so I have much. no
6: idea. I haven't heard him say that, and I don't believe that. And I'm going to go look it up That's tomorrow. A, but I yeah, you don't believe you it. Much, Let's go ahead and hang up. I really don't believe it. At-
3: you don't believe my facts. Like this is the problem. Like we have people call in. And I say, okay, here are the facts. And these are 100% true. You can look them up. You're more likely, if you are in this country today, leaving your house without a gun, you are more likely to be killed by a bee, wasp, or a hornet today than you are by the police. You are five times as likely to be hit by a train. You are just about as likely to be struck and killed by lightning. All those things are true. If you're not fearing being killed by a bee, wasp, or a hornet, struck by lightning, or hit by a train you shouldn't be fearing the police. That's just logical, intelligent thought. Moreover, if you are obsessed, like this woman was, with Black Lives Matter, wouldn't you tell black people, hey, maybe don't kill 93% of the black people in this country? Instead of focusing on this tiny scintilla of police violence, wouldn't you focus on the vast majority of violence that occurs in this country that black people face, which is 93% of the time brought to bear against them by other black people? If black lives matter, black people sure aren't showing it. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows
1: at FoxSportsRadio.com and within the iHeartRadio app.
3: Joined now by Whitlock, I was going to say, at WhitlockJason on Twitter, Jason Whitlock. Speak for yourself, FS1. Jason, you basically, uh, I'm curious on how this kind of came about. Thanks for joining us, getting up early on the West Coast. When you asked him this question, did you know what his answer was going to be?
7: No. I had no idea. You know, I had – I filled in for Cal earlier on Cal radio show, and we talked about Colin Kaepernick, and he said some interesting things, including, you know, he didn't think Colin uh, was blackballed by the NFL. He thought his performance is the reason why he's not in the NFL – but, no, I had no idea what his response was going to be. And I was surprised when he said, you know, hey, first thing he needs to do is cut his hair. I, I was I was shocked.
3: You were shocked because true honesty is rare. <laughs> and you and I both know that, right? And I, yeah. and, and I, what I loved about the interview, and I went back and watched it, and I texted you, and I said, man, this was fantastic. It was about four minutes and 50 seconds. I'll retweet the full clip that Speak for Yourself put out because I like to put the full context in play here. But – You followed up and said, and I love that he said, yeah, this is what I would tell him if I were sitting across the table from him. I'm not speaking out a turn. I'm telling him the straight truth, and that's rare, right? True honesty is rare in today's media society, especially in sports media.
7: It's very rare, and, you know, again, earlier on The Herd, we talked about his background and the trouble he got into and going to prison or what, and he was very— honest then and told me then no 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 you know we can keep it 100 you know ask me anything i got nothing to hide and so i think that's part of who mike vick is is that you know part of his rehabilitation part of his evolution you know as a man was that like no no i'm going to tell people exactly what i think all the time and i'm not because you know I just, most people are sitting there thinking about, oh my God, how's Twitter going to react to this if I really say what I think? And, you know, I I just think Mike doesn't care. He he just, his whole agenda was like, no, no, I really care about Colin Kaepernick, so I'm going to tell you exactly what I would tell Colin Kaepernick if I was sitting across from him and trying to give him advice on how to handle his situation and get back in the NFL.
3: What do you think of the advice?
7: Uh, I think it makes total sense. I think that, look, man, it's advice your parents give kids all the time. Uh, you know, my dad, rest his peace, uh, you know, I'm 50 years old. My dad died three years ago. You know up until his last breath he was commenting on hey Jason, you need to dress this way you need to do this you need to do that uh, it's sound advice that's in Colin's best interest uh, how your appearance makes a difference on how people perceive you and you know it's clear if Colin cowher if Colin Kaepernick were honest he, he would Admit, he's trying to make some statement with his hair. Uh, And, you know, the statement he's making isn't, hey, look how professional and corporate and buttoned up I look. You know, with his hair, he's trying to say, look, I'm basically, again, he's out there in San Francisco or was. it's, It's the Angela Davis Black Panther. I got the big fro. Uh, look, he's trying to look militant and black. And look, he has every right to do that. He he can do that. But major corporations like an NFL franchise have a right to say, "You you know, I'm not sure if that's the look we want for our quarterback.
3: If Colin Kaepernick was as good as Aaron Rodgers, would it matter what his hair looked like? No, no, he
7: could you know, wear a big wig, he could, could, you know, it, it, it wouldn't matter. And that's, again, you have to know your place and your station in any corporation. You have to have, you know, some common sense about you and understand where you're at in your career and how the rules apply to you depending upon your performance.
3: We're talking to Jason Whitlock. Uh, Great show. Speak for yourself. I'd encourage you guys to check it out. It's on FS1 every afternoon. You can follow him on Twitter at Whitlock. Jason, if you enjoy the conversation, reach out and let him know what you think. What if I had said the exact same thing as Michael Vick on your show?
7: Uh, There would be a lot of pushback. And, look, there's a lot of pushback going on with Michael Vick. I mean, people on social media, people are going nuts and – Now Michael Vick is a sellout. Now he's anti-black. Now he's saying whatever, you know, for corporate white approval or whatever. It's all nonsense. If you did it, they'd call you racist. And, you know, the response might be a bit more amplified. But, look, man, you know, shortly after Michael Vick said this and people called wind of it, he was trending all over Twitter and most of the feedback over Twitter was negative because, Again, if you make the mistake of giving someone black good advice in a public space, Twitter's gonna go after you <laughs> now if If you give someone black bad advice, Twitter will applaud it uh but people just haven't figured that out that you know Twitter is uh you know Twitter has this reputation of being pro black and there's black Twitter. And, you know, if you really sit down and look at it, to me, tw- Twitter's anti-black. And, you know, Twitter is the police making sure no one gives anyone black good advice.
3: That's a fascinating comment because when I saw this, I said, you know what? And you mentioned your dad. I had long hair when I was in high school. My dad said, if you want to get a job, you need to get your hair cut. Like, my hair went down to my shoulders, right? I mean, I think there's a lot of people listening to us right now. And when you're a kid, you're like, oh, my dad doesn't know what he's talking about. Oh, you know, like, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. I'm going to be me. I'm not going to sell. Whatever perspective you have. When you're a kid, you tend to rebel a little bit more, whatever. And then when you get older and you have kids of your own, you sit back and you say, man, it's amazing how much smarter my dad got in the last five years, right? And, and it's because your perspective will shift. You know, I always talk about this now. When I watch a movie, let's say, that has a father-son relationship, for most of my life, I'm the son, right? Now I see both the father and the son relationship, and it changes your perspective. And, and so I, I don't see this as remotely controversial advice. Uh, we were talking earlier on the show. You know that I, I'm a history guy. And uh, I was fascinated, and I think we've talked about this even, when the Civil Rights Movement happened and began in Montgomery, they chose Rosa Parks to be the face of the Civil Rights Movement because she was a woman who was unmarried and without children, and they thought that she was a religious woman, she was, uh, they, they knew that she would be a good face for the Civil Rights Movement. She was not the first woman to refuse to give up her seat. There were other people who had done it. They picked her because she was the best face. Martin Luther King didn't have a huge Afro because he was trying to not just appeal to black people, he was trying to appeal to the common humanity of white people as well. That are Those are conscious decisions to allow you to be more effective in the way that you get your message out. I think that's exactly what Michael Vick was saying, and I, I'm just fascinated by what you're pointing out, the reaction on Twitter, which is, encouraging Colin Kaepernick to do things that make him less effective.
7: Yes. Listen, I – look, everybody isn't on Twitter. You know, very few people actually are on Twitter. But the media is addicted to Twitter. And we over-index in our participation in Twitter. And uh, so Twitter has a lot. And and over – too much influence over the media. And to me, and I say this in all seriousness, I'm just, if you give someone black, if you say something that is pro-black, that is sound advice, that makes total rational sense, the same advice you would give a white person or any other ethnic group, Twitter will completely trash you. And it's because Twitter is rigged up and has been in in some way set up where black people think if we just come on here and do the opposite of what is mainstream and common sense, somehow that advances the cause of blackness and it shows how black we are. And look how black I am over Twitter. And it's like we've been brainwashed into doing the opposite of what's good for us and brainwashed into being against anything that actually is good for us and makes sense for us moving into the mainstream or advancing or evolving. It's the wildest thing, man. And so, yeah, Michael Vick's advice, not remotely controversial. It's exactly, you know, Michael Vick is, either close to 40 or is 40, it's the advice someone old and, old and wise and mature and someone who's overcome the kind of mistakes Michael Vick has made would give any young person, but, oh my God, it's the worst thing in the world, and now he's a sellout, and he's, he's for the man because he's actually given Colin Kaepernick
3: the kind of advice he needs. You got a few more minutes for us. I got to hit trending right here. Got gotcha. you. All right, let's go to trending now. Flip side, we'll continue with Jason Whitlock.
4: First thing we got to get Colin to do is cut his hair. You know, I mean, (laughs) listen, I'm not up here to try to be politically correct, but, you know, even if he puts cornrows in it, I don't think he should represent himself, you know, in that way in terms of, you know, just the hairstyle, just go clean cut. You know, why not? You know, you're already dealing with a lot, a lot of controversy surrounding this issue. You know, just try to be presentable
3: loved it. That was Michael Vick on Speak for Yourself with Jason Whitlock. We're talking to him. Welcome back to the Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by Geico. Easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part figuring out which way is easier and heat the main cause of battery failure, so it's important to have a tough battery. Duracell batteries designed and tested to start in extreme temperatures up to 167 degrees. They're proven tough, sold only at AutoZone, get in the zone, AutoZone. Uh we said we started this conversation by saying when I read when I saw this I was like, man, God bless Colin Kaepernick for being completely honest on sports television, which is so rare. when he said it, when you finished the show, did you pull him aside and say, "Hey, I just want you to know. I think you're hundred percent right, but don't tech <laughs> don't check your Twitter mentions did you did he know what he what he had said was going to cause the uproar that it did?
7: Well, you gotta remember, I had talked to him before the herd. I yep. had talked to him on the herd. For two segments, I kept him a long time, and so by the time he said this, I was surprised. But I was like, no, no, uh, Michael Vick knows exactly what he's doing, and he doesn't care. So no, we didn't say anything. Uh, We actually, you know, just slapped five, and you know, I think we probably took some pictures. Michael Vick is one of the few athletes that I really, really have an affinity for. Uh and so it's like I want to take a picture with Michael Vick because again, there are very few athletes.
3: What makes you I, like
7: him? Uh his struggle. The 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 I didn't like Michael Vick when he played in Atlanta and I was critical of him. I was like, Man, he's blowing his talent, he's he's doing things that make me concerned about him, just the the swagger he carried himself with. I thought he was headed for trouble. Once he got in trouble, Because of issues in my family and family members that have been incarcerated, I just became very pro-Michael Vick because I wanted him to experience success after incarceration. uh, Because I know how hard it is to transition back into society after incarceration. And I just became a huge Michael Vick fan. And then I just thought the way he handled things in Philadelphia when he, with Andy Reid, I just thought was tremendous. The leader he became, the player he became. I, you know, it, it wasn't so much about football. It's just the way he handled the burden of being an ex-con and the way he became, his, his relationship with Tony Dungy and just this evolution I saw him going through. I just, you know, flat out, I just love Michael Vick and what he represents and stands for. And so I, I had, no, and again, I didn't know that, he would be this kind of transparent and and outspoken, but you know, just a fan of Michael Vick. And when, when you played that clip, uh, Clay, one of the things I was thinking, just listening to that myself and over again, and I mean, I saw a lot. The first thing that came to my mind was David Stern and the NBA dress. We coach. talked about that some. Yep. Yeah, and it was I can remember when he instituted the dress code, there were people in the media, oh, this is racist. And how can he, these guys should be able to wear their white t shirts and do whatever they want on the bench. And I was like, nah, man. David Stern is giving the exact advice again that my father gave me every day of my life. Maybe you need to dress better. You need to put a suit on. And just last week, talking to uh, the people on. Uh, my team on Speak for Yourself. That was part of the conversation I had with them and was talking about myself I was like, man, we need to dress better when we come to work. You know, because I wear sweats a lot and the people on our staff are kind of casual. And I was like, you know what? Once a week we all need to, you know, wear sports coats and come in here dressed dress like, you know, dress for success. and <laughs> Because that is a mentality that when you dress Nice, it puts you in a different mindset, and with the young NBA players, once they started wearing suits and caring about how they appear, uh, coming to work, it changed their mentality and gave them a more professional mentality, and it was part of what David Stern wanted to create, a culture where if you're in the right business mindset, you're a lot less likely to do stupid things at work like getting fights or, or, or just anything. And so, uh, look, man, again, it goes back to if you make the mistake of giving black people advice that's actually in their best interest and moving forward, you're going to get a lot of blowback and pushback for doing
3: it, for making that mistake. Last question for you. Do you think Michael Vick will walk back these comments or do you think he'll – because I hate – when somebody says something controversial and they're completely honest, I hate when they walk them back. Like to me, you know this, you do it, I do it. Unless I truly misspoke, I don't apologize for what my opinion is. I say, look, I said it, I meant it, you may not agree with it, but move on. Either accept it or don't. Do you think Michael Vick will walk these comments back in any way?
7: I don't. Uh, And I don't because, again, it's not because I know Mike Vick well. It's not because I think he's striding his opinion. But just in the moment, I asked him on the show, I was like, well, hold on, man. (laughs) You know, what are you going to say to people that think you're being a sellout? And he goes, no, man, I always keep it real. This is exactly what I would tell Colin if we were face-to-face. And so – I don't think he left himself a lot of room to walk it back. Yeah. You know, he had an opportunity on Speak for Yourself to walk it back, and he didn't. And he said, no, no, this is what I would tell uh, Michael Vick. And, again, I I don't think Mike, or what I would tell Colin Kaepernick, I don't think Michael Vick, I think he's on social media. I don't think in this instance he cares. He only cares about... Colin Kaepernick, and he would like to see Colin Kaepernick get back in the NFL and so actually, and I've been very critical of Colin Kaepernick, but it's because I would like to see him get back in the NFL and have success and actually uh, try to he he wants some positive change in America, and I'm pro him being a part of that, but there's a way to do it, and he's chosen an ineffective way to promote the kind of change that he wants. And I I think the change that he wants is positive, but the guy just needs some mature advice and some discipline about how he goes about it. I, I think he's too emotional about it. I think that his identity issues are so powerful because of his unique upbringing that, you know, we're watching the guy evolve and understand his blackness and deal with his blackness in real time. Uh and, you know, it's awkward and it's 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 messy. You know, most people get to deal with these issues that he's dealing with in private, he's dealing with them publicly, and it's his choice. Uh, but again, no, I don't I don't think Mike Vick's walking anything back and nor should he.
3: Outstanding stuff. Go follow Jason Whitlock at Whitlock Jason. Watch speak for yourself. Great segment. Like I said, best compliment I can give anybody in media is it was 100% honest. And that's what I thought when I watched this interview. Great stuff. Thank you so much.
6: Oh, oh, oh,
3: O'Reilly. You need parts?
0: O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, oh,
1: oh, O'Reilly. Auto Parts. At Bed, 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
2: What kind of fun is waiting for you at King's Island?
1: The holy cow, we're way too high and here comes the drop kind of fun. The make-a-splash-all-summer kind of fun. The I-can't-believe-I-ate-that-whole-funnel-cake-let's-get-another kind of fun. Mm -hmm. But most importantly, at Kings Island, you'll find for the fun of it kind of fun.
2: Don't wait to start your fun season. Kings Island is now open on weekends.